Welcome to the live Q3 event for sales on the Encouragers. We're calling this event, Show Me the Money. If you've seen the movie, you know what this is about. By the way, if you wandered into this situation, whether it's on the podcast or the live event, you're not interested in money, the big green, you're in the wrong place. Today, you will hear directly from revenue management consultant Alec Drake of Drake Media Group in Dallas. Listen, he writes a monthly column for Radio Inc. on sales management and offers his insights regarding yield and revenue management in his sales success library at alecdrake.com. If you've not spent time there, you're probably messing it up. You need to go check it out. We also have a planned roundtable for you on this event. Uh, as we do with each of our special sales events, we do this because we want to bring you proven ideas from leading radio managers. These are people that are in the field doing this work right now, not professors, not people talking about theory. We're going to cover the real thing. We will cover sales management and revenue-related strategies, promoting actionable ideas for your local market in this event right now. So look, if you've not spent any time with us or you haven't experienced one of our sales events, you might ask, why is a programming consultant doing all this sales-related strategy and encouragement? Become a client and you will certainly find out. But look, I don't need to push that on you. If you just need to know more on your own, you can always start at RainmakerPathway.com. Today, our roundtable guests are two dynamic leaders for major audio-driven media companies. Becky Damian, who is the vice president and market manager for the Odyssey Properties in St. Louis, and Donna Baker, who is regional VP for Cumulus Media based in Kansas City. Now, of course, you're going to hear specific ideas from these accomplished ladies and insights from this roundtable that could help you finish the second half of 2022 above expectations. Now, let's tell you a little bit more about our two guests, Donna Baker and Becky Damian. Thank you, Lloyd. Uh, Donna Baker has 30 years of experience as a market manager leading station groups. You know, Donna started in smaller markets like Springfield, Missouri, and then moved up to the majors uh, after a number of years with Sunburst and got to Houston and Chicago. So she has a wide background across a wide variety of circumstances in sales and management. Donna currently is regional vice president of Cumulus Media Midwest overseeing seven stations in Kansas City and six in Topeka with a wide range of music and talk formats. Donna has a long passion for the industry. It's mostly fueled by working daily with talented sales and programming teams and helping them to be empowered as they achieve their full Becky Dubian is the senior VP market manager for Odyssey, where she oversees, uh, she oversees six properties in St. Louis, including KMOX. Prior to working at Odyssey, uh, she started her career at MS Communications, where she was uh, she was there for twelve years. Now, look, Becky has been at Odyssey, and in her current role for four years. She started in this business as an account executive. She worked her way up through the ranks of management. She loves leadership and helping others find success 
in all areas of our business. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and will be available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. We always like to thank Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Please connect with the folks that you see on stage at this event and, of course, look around the room, see who you might be able to connect with and network with in the future. My name is Lloyd Ford, like Lloyd's of London, Ford Automobiles. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help local broadcasters make more money by being an affordable programming partner who can fully develop the correct position for your local brand or brands, coach your morning show and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce your daily music logs if you need that. We provide excellent voice trackers, sales, and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle and a lot more. We are confident and market exclusive for radio, reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. This is our third sales-focused quarterly event this year. If you missed our first two events, they are available on demand right now, actually, on our podcast, or I should say anytime. Today is about helping local market managers, sales managers, and sellers develop more revenue as we close in on the back half of the year through December. That's why I always bring my collaborator. I like doing this because, well, he's an expert in his own right and a great co-host. How are you, Alec? I am great, Lloyd. Thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure to join you again on the Encouragers podcast for this special live event. You know, our title, Show Me the Money, is going to consider several elements that drive revenue, you know, from sales activity to product offerings and staffings in a complex media environment. I'm excited to hear from our two experienced guests. They are going to contribute very specific strategies and great advice for a second half finish to 2022. All right. And let's talk about the topics that are coming up on this live event, our special event, Show Me the Money. Right now, coming up, we have on our roundtable discussion, uh, we're going to encompass these five issues today. Number one, managing through change. Number two, midterm election dollar growth. Number three, local business growth strategies. Then we're going to talk about staff development and training past the product. That's right. Recruitment in a tight labor market is going to be on our docket today. And you're also going to get a special bonus topic at the end of this event that we call seven tips to plugging the sales drain. Alec, we'd like to hit the ground running and nothing says that Uh, quite like saying, look, times, they are a changing. That's kind of an eternal in our business, but it seems like we've seen more change in the last few years than most of us have seen in our entire careers. And the weight of change only seems to be speeding up as we look forward. Let's start with you. What advice do you have for, for managers who are dealing with change? And this too, the fear inherent in staff when you're making changes. Well, Lloyd, I was fortunate. I had an early mentor named Jim Teller who said to me, change permits you the opportunity to grow. Now, this mantra, when I first heard it, stuck with me, and it has helped me over many decades in management 
to look at a positive view of change and embrace what needed to be different. You know, building a shared vision and value with teams was really part of my strategy. And it's not easy to get everybody on board with a new direction. And comfort zones, you know, they're hurdles for your more tenured staff. It's interesting today, you know, there's this acronym that gets thrown around, FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, and really, it applies to change as well. If, if we do not change, we will get left behind and we will miss out on the benefits the future can bring. So ultimately, when it comes to change, I think there's two motivations involved dealing with change. There's pain and there's pleasure. And we can't rely always on the positive attributes of change. As a matter of fact, most people don't care for change at all. So unfortunately, it's really the pain of not changing soon enough that sometimes motivates different behavior and decisions. But change is not going to stop for anyone. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Let's talk and, and, and look, I, let's go directly to our roundtable guest and ask them a few questions. Becky, we're going to start with you. What tips do you have for managing change with your teams? Absolutely. And I think you said it best when, you know, Lloyd, that change is eternal and it's a, it's a part of our business and a part of our daily lives. And, you know, we've had a lot of forced change in my market. You know, we've had four companies come together that I now have the um, I'm just so grateful that I get to oversee Odyssey. It was CBS radio, MS radio stations and Radio One stations all combined into one cluster. And I, I think that I've learned a lot from that. You know, I've learned a lot from you think, okay, we got a good, we got a good mojo going, things are going good. And then, oh, guess what? We just bought two more stations um, from a company that has a completely different structure, different system, different way of doing things. And I, I, I'm grateful that I've been able to go through that because I've gotten a lot of takeaways that now I put in play when we face changes every day. And I think the first thing, you know, as a leader is you can't get emotional about it. You know, I think you have to embrace the fact that change is going to happen constantly and it has to happen. As Alex said, it's good. It moves us forward. It evolves us. It helps us grow. Um, but everybody's looking to you as a leader. Everybody's looking at your reaction and thinking about change objectively, you know, and strategically instead of getting, you know, emotional about it, I think really helps um, a leader move the team through that change effectively. And I always take change and I kind of break it up into bite-sized chunks, right? So if there's a big change we need to make, backing into what steps, what small steps do I need to take in the next days, weeks, months to get to that end result of that change, right? And I think it's also identifying people on your team that could be account executives, could be program directors, could be sales assistants that are also good at maneuvering through change and have them be also ambassadors, you know, that you kind of give, you give them a confidential heads up, like, hey, this change is gonna be happening. You're a leader, you know, on our sales team. People are gonna be looking to you, like, is this okay? Are we gonna be, is everything gonna be all right? And kind of giving them a heads up and bringing them into the fold of the change early so that they can absorb it and process it. And then they can also help you get the other team members on, on, on board, right? And hey, mm -hmm. we, all have we all have deadlines, we all have timelines, but I think it's really important to know too that some people on your staff are gonna be awesome at change and they're gonna jump right in. And some people are going to, it's gonna, it's gonna take more time for them to kind of download and, and absorb what's going on. 
And you really, in my role, I feel I have to be a chameleon and my other department heads do too, and really meet people where they are, right? Mm, figure, right. figure out where they are in that stage and, and help them, you know, depending on who they are as a person, get to where you need them to be by understanding that everybody really reacts to it differently. And so those are some strategies I use to help our teams through change. So. Well, and, and Donna, I know that you probably never deal with change. I, I will just say this before you get started with your answer. You know, they always say that everybody loves change if they're doing it. But once if change comes to you, that's where things get a little funky. Do you have challenges with change? No, not at all. None. <laughs> None. <laughs> yeah, Becky, those were some some really, really great points. Um, and you know, kind of going back to what has, has crystallized, we've had change uh, if you're uh, in the business as long as some of us have been. Um, it's been really a, a series of changes in our industry um, from, you know, pre-consolidation days to, I mean, going all the way back. So there's really been a constant in our business that has been changed. However, uh, I'd like to say, and I mentioned to you, Lloyd, that uh, I think we all have a, a degree now that we hope is completely uh, lacking relevance in the future, which is how to manage through a pandemic. Um, in that kind of a change, I think it requires a whole different set of circumstances that I, I pray we don't ever have to pull out that playbook again. Um, but what that did teach us, I think, as leaders is what are the really important components that, like it was mentioned, Becky, like change that happens to us. And, you know, if we're, we're creating change, well, this, this happened to all of us. So what really jumped out at me during that time and what I've taken from that that is really helping with the continuing change is it's very, very important to set the vision. And I had a great coach that reminded me um, as I was learning to be a leader and how to be a more effective leader. He always would say, Donna, look over your shoulder mentally and are your people right there? Do they are they right there with you or are they way behind you? Are they are they in sync with where your vision is? And that was such great advice because sometimes um, we talk about we just don't have time for strategy anymore. We don't have time for things because we're just so much in the present moment and in the now. But if we don't have our teams being communicated to on exactly where we are, exactly where we're going, and exactly what their role is, then we really can't get the engagement and collaboration that are going to lead to the success in the future. So vision clarity is, is, is critical. Um, we really lean on um, the way we communicate and increased communication. Um, it's been very helpful for us to prioritize pretty much meetings that uh, meeting for the sake of meetings, everyone got completely zoomed out and all of those opportunities we had to learn from also taught us how to more effectively communicate. It really means a lot when you've got everybody on the same page, you've got everybody that is really focused on their role, but then they're also able to collaborate and share back how it's going with one another. So that's really important for our department head leaders to be able to share every week. And that's kind of like a family meeting that no one misses um, because it sets the tone for this is the progress that we're making. These are the challenges that are upcoming. These are opportunities that we're going to explore. So starting with that and then just being fully present and really amping up our listening skills, listening to our team members, listening for that feedback opportunity. 
um, then employing the collaboration and pointing that out, that this is an idea that came from this source, this is what happened, and this is what's going to happen, and, and really recognizing that kind of good work. So I would say that really just listening and being more attentive to listening um, and being aware that observing what the mindset of the team is, is something that we need to constantly do um, because you, there's going to be varying levels of engagement as we go through some of the, of the change that is great, fun, things are going great. And then we go to a situation like, gosh, we've got six people out with COVID related illness still, right? Right. And we didn't have any of that last week. And then that resurfaces and that creates a just a different layer of fear, a different layer of, okay, now I have to cover for this person. So it's distracting for other employees. So really, really being a compassionate leader to understand everybody's going through something. They have either just gone through something, they're going through something now, or they're getting ready to go through something. So leading with that mindset of, where are my team members' heads? What is their contributions and their communication? And when you see those gaps, that means that whatever change that you have, that you're trying to work with your teams to employ, that's not going to be centered correctly if we don't know where people are. And I, I agree with what you said, Becky, and then meet them where they are and bring them forward. Really great advice, and we're like 15 minutes in, and we and somebody's using that word, listen, I know this is going to be a good time. Don't forget that today's live event will be a podcast episode, and we will be sharing that on both the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast, available on Audible, Spotify, and Apple, and almost anywhere you get your podcast. You know, Lloyd, uh, and our special guests, I am just thrilled because I think 15 minutes in, we've just got a wealth of content that could help anybody listening to this. Uh, but we need to move on because there's other topics that we we put on the agenda for today. And part of that is talking about the midterm election dollars. You know, the general election is November 8th, and the political contests are obviously critical as they are in the midterm because... In this case, it's who's going to control Congress in the second half of the Biden administration. Uh, issue money is more active this year. And of course, we've got high polarizing topics front and center in the news. So considerable dollars have already been spent in some of the primaries and, and radio has benefited to some degree from that and should be able to benefit uh, from some of the campaign war chests loaded with donations in a highly charged political environment. Becky, let's start with you. What have you seen this year in political dollars spent in your market? And what are your expectations and strategies kind of through November to, to maximize the potential dollars? That's going to be a challenging expectation. However, um, we have overachieved that expectation. The market has as well as our local cluster, which is fantastic. And, and I think one thing that we did and we're, we're going to continue to do is it's something, you know, I've really never um, done in my career and Odyssey has been so supportive and we have an amazing infrastructure just with our central team with how we handle political dollars and meaning is we really we because there's a lot 
dollars that we select a team. We select a political team, and we did that at the beginning of this year um, of sellers that have really, really worked hard leveraging their local political relationships, whether that's a candidate or if it's an issue. You know, there's a lot of things going on in Missouri right now from that standpoint. And we've been, it's been very, very successful. And so we have different leads that we share with them that corporate provides to us. They have huddles every week and talk about what's going on in the political landscape and talk about wins and talk about which candidates, you know, are, are getting, you know, certain funding sent to them and what that looks like. And we are also leading with digital um, because as everybody knows on this call, uh, political dollars are obviously, you know, strong. However, radio doesn't always get, well, it doesn't get the fair share of that political money. And so thinking about like, how can we lead with digital and also leverage play-by-play -play assets, you know, having the Cardinals and figuring out, you know, we've had a lot of issue clients that have wanted to get into different elements of play-by-play. -play. So I, I think this year, it's been a strong year because of what's going on in our environment and in our state. Um, but I also think it's been strong because we actually, um, we talk about, <laughs> Donna talked about not being strategic and it is tough day to day to be strategic, I think in our industry right now. But this is one thing that we really got strategic with and got the right people in the right places doing the right things. So that's my expectation um, as we continue to, to round out this year and the political year as well. So Donna in Kansas City and and St. Louis, look, they're both in the same region of the country, yet each is really totally unique. What have you seen this year in political spending in your market and what are your expectations and maybe your strategies through November to finish strong? Uh, year to date actually has been very, very slow. Uh, we had more issue money uh, last year than we have had this year, for example. However, uh, I think that that's getting ready to, to, to change dramatically because of all of the things that you mentioned uh, in terms of what's going on in Kansas and what's going on in Missouri. And so our strategy for the year in general um, is, is very anticipated that we're going to have the marketplace increase by at least 10% over 2020. Um, and that's going to be driven, of course, largely by PAC and issue money. Um, our overall annual strategy was to really dig in and do a lot of education and fact-finding with the clients that are involved in making these decisions. Um, starting with selling the value of radio and digital solutions as a part of the, the candidate and issue plan. Um, yes, as Becky said, television gets the unfair share. Um, it's always been a challenge, but we approached it differently um, and from, with a team approach similar to what she described to get ahead of the ball to start with those planning conversations. And I will say that this is the more involved that I've ever seen agencies and clients be in the planning process um, and allowing us to really hear what their needs are so that we can make sure that, that we have a little bit different position, I believe, this year going in as an industry um, and radio in general and digital, certainly. So I think that what we're, what we're finding is those conversations and that collaboration is going to yield a much better result um, of at least a 10% increase in the overall dollars. We're also preparing our advertisers um, that there is a relevant reason 
um, and reminding them that demand is what really contributes to driving a, a segment of pricing. Um, and the perception that, you know, there's been some price challenges that we've all faced, but making sure that our other advertisers are planning in advance so that they, we can continue to accommodate their needs during this time um, is something that is taken on a little bit different tone in this environment than it has, I would say, pre-pandemic as well. Because as I tell our sales team all the time, every business is a startup, including ours. So just because they've gone through an election cycle before and how did they handle their marketing at the time, we need to help coach those businesses and plan with those businesses about how to be successful in this environment and this particular political situation as well. So I think it's going to be a great year for political, uh, for the industry. Uh, and I think that we're, we're much better prepared as an industry um, and, and much more like-minded, I would say, um, in how we're approaching the, the pre-call plans that I think are going to yield great results in the back end. I especially like that you're working both sides of the coin there. You're like, I need to prepare for my regular business as well as the political. That's very, very smart. You are listening to Show Me the Money, our exclusively quarterly radio sales event to encourage you and your team to increase revenue in the coming quarter and the remainder of the year in your market. I'm Lloyd Ford with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. On the Encouragers, our group on the Clubhouse app, we are all about encouraging radio pros at all levels. Today, Alec Drake and I are focused on Q3 and the balance of your year. And as you can see, we are armed with great guests in the field doing this work today. Becky Dumyan, who's the VP and Market Manager for Odyssey in St. Louis, and Donna Baker, who's the reg Regional VP with Cumulus Media based in Kansas City. Well, it's great that we have a political year. And that, as you mentioned, Donna, is a, is a lift that's not there every year, and we have to navigate through it. But year in and year out, what's important is our local business and, and our local business growth strategies. So let's talk about that. Well, you know, this question is really for both of you. Uh, today, there's mo more focus on how live and local matters for, for radio anywhere, and and its continued uh, relevance in the markets. What strategies from a sales point of view are you using to build a more substantial local business base? And a follow-up question, how are you driving content to support the sales results? So we'll start with you, Becky. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's an excellent question. And I think with local right now, we, we talk about this so much um, with my sales managers and my sales team. We've got to get back to we're, we're, we got to get back to the basics. You know, we've got to get back to the basics. Business still happens by meeting with clients, finding out what their needs are, establishing strong, trusting relationships and bringing them a custom tailored solution that achieves that solves their problem. Right. Using our right. portfolio of assets. And I think. COVID and then we kind of came back and like we're just now having salespeople come back to the office on a regular basis. And so trying to maneuver through kind of the post pandemic, but COVID still here life has been pretty, pretty tricky as far as our expectations are concerned. So, you know, what we what we really looked at on my sales management team is like, hey, what are we expecting our sellers to do? Like, what are we expecting from them beyond making budget? What does that look like? 
And what are we inspecting, right, that aligns with those expectations? And this year, it's really about new business um, as much as possible. You know, I think you got to look at your business and figure out like, okay, what are you doing well? And where's the opportunity, right? And one thing that we were doing well was we were keeping our keys for the most part. Like we have a lot of direct business in St. Louis because we have two news talk stations. And so that yields a lot of direct business and endorsement business. And we were keeping what we had but not generating, not making new friends, not generating new business. And so really figuring out like, okay, if this is the, if this is the outcome that we need to win locally, because I think right now, obviously, there's a lot of talk about recession. Are we in a recession? Is a recession coming? And, you know, I've worked for stations that have the, the most amazing ratings, right? And you ride that wave and then a recession hits and you're in trouble. And so I think making yourself recession proof by driving controllable business from your team, you know, direct business where you're dealing with the CEO, you're dealing with that decision maker, and you're truly building, you know, a partnership with all the key players and you're building all the key talent, et cetera. That's what's going to, that's what's going to, you know, push us through this. Those AEs or those, you know, people that, have still like not really gotten over that digital obstacle hump. Like now's the time, right? Actually, yeah, yesterday was the yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. Because that's 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 yesterday was the time. Because it's that's what's growing. If you look, if you just look at like a, a Venn diagram of like, okay, what's where's advertising money mm-hmm. going? Still, the advertisers are still spending, and they're spending significant amounts in digital. And so I I think those are you know some things to look at. Like now we have a consistent way that we, we've set expectations with new business and digital and overall budget. And then we're very consistent about inspecting those behaviors that result. Appointments, for example, what does that look like? How many are we expecting? And additional to that, we're inspecting to your, all of your proposals that go out the door, 100% of them have to have digital. And so we're looking at kind of, you know, AEs are going to you know, do the right things based on what you're inspecting. And so we've really taken a closer look at that um, to make sure that we are bringing in as much new controllable business as possible. I got to tell you, when we talk about digital and there's so many different conversations and this floats around everywhere. And I'm, it's my personal mantra to get people to replace the word growth yeah. next to digital get replace that word with growth is exploding yes so you we have a very mature business in radio and that's great uh personally for me i always say that once you have a radio station you get anything else you want this is what i mean you can add things like digital where the explosion is actually happening donna let's get to you and talk about these same issues for you in terms of live and local mattering and in terms of you know continued relevant uh, relevance in the markets and and what's your point of view about how you are building more substantial local business base are you doing that um and and how are you driving your content to support sales results yes we have an incredible focus on uh development of new business but i I will start by saying we're going to talk more uh fully about this later but training has just been key Mm. um there's 
just been uh, so many new and changing opportunities that it is a lot for a seller to absorb. It's a lot for everyone that participates in the sales process, everyone in the building to absorb. So we'll, we'll cover training more, but I will say that that's been the foundation that it's been really critical through all this massive change to make sure we're staying a step ahead with training and, and really trying to look around corners to what's next and where the gaps are from what we're measuring so that we can focus individually on helping those people grow, um, but making sure that the overall message is, is communicated to really everyone in the building because we look at it that everyone contributes to our new business growth. Every, everyone in the building has an opportunity to contribute and be rewarded for that. So specifically, one of the things that we've worked with training um, on the seller's standpoint is we're hyper-focused on finding those pain points that now include different challenges like staffing issues, where it may be there would never have been a recruitment campaign opportunity, and now there's a recruitment campaign opportunity for integrated marketing and digital and all of these solutions that we've not really had nearly as much depth in. And we're learning from that. In fact, we're learning. Uh, there's also a way to do it so well that people say, you did such a great job. We're going to have to pause this campaign and do it again in six weeks. Wow. <laughs> because we've got too many applicants or whatever the deal might be. But we, we really are looking at making sure that we're preparing our team to ask great questions and create those relationships. Um, we're bringing more clients into our facility and getting more people involved in the conversation, promotions and programming, and really getting to know what the needs of the business is at a deeper level than the sales team mm. so that we can have better, better collaboration about how to solve the client's problems. And that's been really effective for us. Right when the pandemic started and it, be, it was an overall initially an overall resource for different, different questions that people had right at the beginning of COVID. Then came the, okay, there's, there's an uptick in people needing to hire. So we created a, a, a job site within that. That's exploded now to a full-blown audio integrated marketing campaign that, that really, really works for advertisers. In fact, works too well, I will tell you, as I just did. Um, but that was an example that uh, it came about through evolution with our team and, and our clients. So we're looking for, okay, this is one example of how this came together. How can we duplicate that? And we're, and we're asking our team, how can we take this? Is, everybody knows now what we got this KC.com success is. How can we move that forward and continue new business development in this method? And the other thing I'll say is, you know, there's something to be said for addition by subtraction. And uh, what we have really learned is all of those crazy remotes that we never wanted to do, but we all took the check and it really wasn't the best thing for the client and nobody wanted to do them and they really didn't work. The great news is we're seeing that as an industry, in general, we're leaning away from things that are not best practice to create highest ROI. And that's just an example of one of the things. We're just doing a lot less of that. We're deploying our resources differently and really making sure that we're focused on what can we do to get great client results. That is going to yield getting people in the correct method to have success in our industry. And then that 
creates the, the long term, creates extra income. So all of those things really do go together. And that's something that we promote. Um, and as far as like driving the content, um, we have a full, we are our own client. So we have a full marketing campaign behind that so that we can really measure when we do what it brings, how many clients forward that are of what quality compared to what we want to have as our best client profile. Um, and that's really working for us. Well, thank you, Donna. You know, the, the local development examples you shared are terrific because sometimes I, Lloyd, you'll appreciate this. I think there's a difference between consulting and contracting. Yes. And, you know, when you're consulting, sometimes the perception is, well, you're just going to give ideas, but you're not going to talk about action steps or how does that actually get executed in some cases. And I think what's great about these events is we really give a lot of actionable ideas. So so thank you to both our, our great guests for, for what we've heard so far. You know, if we're looking about the local opportunity, uh, that local opportunity can only be maximized if you've got the right team and, and the staff in place. And we touched on that a little bit, Donna, you alluded to that with training. So if, if we talk about this, you know, management of change earlier, and now we've gone through all these changes, how we train our sales teams and expand product offerings, which we've done, has really set up a new kind of staff development set of coaching practices. How do you approach, Donna, keeping your teams current and kind of prepared for we really have evolved our our training focus and really expanded it. Um, and it's is a part of of our cultural growth that I th I would like to say we've got a much more eager group of students that are hungry to learn because we've made because of the setting of the vision and being very transparent, everybody knows what has to happen for us and how we are measuring success. So starting from that perspective, then then everything is just a natural follow up. So especially digital, for example, um, I think that, you know, as Becky said, it's required now that it, it has to go in every proposal. And, you know, we said that for a lot of years, we didn't put teeth in it, meaning we really didn't do anything to help the sellers understand the value so that they could really be their own coach. And so what we've realized is, you know, we just need to listen to what they're saying when they give us feedback about what don't they know? What aren't they comfortable with? And we do a lot more role playing. We do a lot more engagement with everybody on the team. We do a lot more collaborating and brainstorming and doing a lot of things that keep it fun, keep it interesting, um, but keep it focused on this is where we are and this is where we need to be from a skill set potential. And how can we also, let's face it, how can we support these people who are doing the hardest, hardest work, which is setting appointments is not easy. It's challenging. It's really, cha it's more challenging than it's ever been. And how do we keep everybody on the same team uh, that is working in a situation that's kind of a hybrid? They're not at the station as much. And meetings, we all just got meetinged out, right? So making sure that we keep them fully engaged and that we prepare so that we can have that engagement because we're providing value to the team members so that everyone benefits from what they're learning. And then, then when we have success, sharing that success back so everyone understands the full cycle. Um, and so it's, it, the biggest challenge is really flexibility means as a leader, our sales managers are constantly daily in a situation that they are communicating more than ever with the individuals on the teams and 
it's more of a challenge for them. They work really, really hard because it's a different environment now with people working in different workspaces. It's expected for new hires that they're going to have that flexibility. So how do we get people trained and up to speed as quickly as possible? All of that is are things that we are constantly measuring and reworking so that we can become better, so that we can a- adjust as we move forward for the things that didn't work as quickly or as well as we wanted to. And that's, again, that's going to continue forever. Um, what we need to learn today um, is massive. However, what we need to, to really measure what that learning is doing is what kind of results is it yielding and where do we need to pivot to be better for our teams? I always love so much conversation about communication. You know, we're all in the communication business, right? But if you don't think you have challenges communication, you're not paying attention. I mean, it really, that's the key to things. Back to listening again. Now, Becky, how do you approach keeping your teams current and prepared for the new expectations? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, what what Donna said just rings so true with us, too. I I think we had to get away from the laundry list sales meeting. Here's all the things you can sell and here's where we're pacing and here's our note right to training, practice, training, practice, training, practice. Our sales meetings now are focused solely on training and we have different leaders within the building and even outside of the building. Thankfully, we have some really great subject matter experts within Odyssey that are now traveling again and coming to our market and not just, you know, telling the team, here's the PowerPoint presentation of whatever this new thing is, but putting it into practice, right? Going and how sell these things and drive a result. But I think coming out of the pandemic with all the with all the new things and you know there's a as Donna said, getting appointments now is harder than it's ever been, right? And they have so many things to sell. They have so many resources at their fingertips. It can get really overwhelming. And, and what I've noticed, you know, just exactly call a big whale client or have a big digital conversation they don't feel confident enough because they don't have the information you know or they don't feel comfortable in the information there's a lot of fear that holds our sales teams back and so what we need to do is eliminate not only the obstacles we have to eliminate the fear and so that's where the practice comes in um if you we stand in front of a sales team and go through a powerpoint presentation of something new it's not going to resonate with them if we you know do the if we go through the training and deliver the information and then also have them role play i know not everybody hates role playing but if you do it in a fun way where you partner people up in the right way and and, and make it interactive it really it really does work and and i think another component that ensuring that our managers, because think about, you know, the best coaches that we have, you know, just in any sports team, really, they're not sitting up in the, you know, the press box watching their team play. They're on the field with them. And in order to make sure our sales teams feel confident in having the right digital conversations and the right growth conversations with their clients, it's really important for a manager to have a strategy on not only going along on calls with them to help them close business, but going on calls with them to help them train. 
what you did well, and this is these are some improvement areas. And that I think that individualized approach really, really helps. And I'm even doing in-field days monthly now as a market manager to, to really help our team feel more and more confident in presenting what they need to present and asking the right questions to be successful. Okay, so that last little section right there between Donna and Becky, if if people just get this as a podcast and they just listen to that section, the whole business will improve by 13%. I'm just telling you that that's like a tutorial on how to do it. We Look, we told you we're going to focus on recruitment in a tight labor market. You know people are talking about this. Job openings remain high with two job openings for every unemployed person. Now, listen to that. Inflation, of course, puts pressure on the economy and wages are up in most companies. You heard that right. Between the great resignation and the great staff migration, there has been a lot of turnover and attrition. Well, Lloyd, there has, and it, you know, it, it continues even in the face of this discussion about a recession. They're talking about how the, the labor market is just opposed to what we normally see. And, you know, radio has not been spared. Uh, I know as sales teams came through the pandemic and kind of the uneven growth of last year, there was definitely attrition. There was there was size and levels of experience that did shrink. Uh, I saw that myself, and I know both our guests on this call have, have seen that as well. Becky, what is working for you and your sales team and even recruitment for support staff? Because, you know, it's not just specifically the sales team. It's it's obviously those that are supporting the sales team. What, what have you seen in the way of staff recruitment and things that you're doing lately that are well, first and first, it's been, you know, it's been tough, but I will say um, a couple of things that I've seen that have worked really well is we do have an employee referral program, which is helpful. And as I love that Donna talked about how everybody's responsible for revenue and everybody's responsible for sales. I have that mantra in our market too, but I've also kind of evolved that mantra to everybody's responsible for recruitment, right? And I've had an on-air personality come to me, I guess it was six months ago, and we're, we were trying to find salespeople that could sell his format specifically because it's a very niche, unique format. And he was coming to me for his monthly, hey, I don't have enough endorsement revenue. And I said to him, then I need your help finding somebody who has a passion for the brand because you interact with these people every day. You interact with listeners. You interact with people that love you know, your brand. Send me a lead. And he's like, you know, I actually got somebody. And it's it, it was one of the best recruits I've had in years. So it was great. I was, I was like, wait a minute, instead of like, hey, let's do it was like, Becky, I don't have enough money. I'm like, let's talk about this for a minute. I find somebody for me like you interact with the, your audiences and your followers every day. But I, I think also market leaders, sales leaders, we've got to put ourselves out there more. And during the pandemic, I started doing this. And I'm, I'm seeing the fruits of that labor come through now, right? Where I do a lot of posting on LinkedIn. I do a lot of brand building. Mm -hmm. I celebrate our team. I show the fun things that we're doing. I even have a little thought leadership thing called Dr. Damian because 
people think I'm a psychiatrist because part of being a, mar a market manager is kind of like being a counselor or a psychiatrist, right? You and, bet it is. And, and honestly, it, it helped people get to know me better and see like, what would it be like working for this person? Well, I'm putting a lot out there. And so what happens is you get more, you're, also, you're always looking for people, right? But you get more people coming to you and engaging with your content. And then you kind of like, oh, what does that person do? Oh, they're a salesperson at this company. I might talk to them. And so that's really helped me keep my funnel full so that when I can see, or I call it a bench, when I can see, hey, that person, I don't think they're, they're, they're not embracing digital or I can tell that this just isn't for them anymore. I'm pretty prepared to have that next person come in. And so it's finding ways to always keep that bench full. Um, and I, I gotta tell you, so social media and LinkedIn specifically has been a great, great resource for me. And, it, and yes. it's hard. Like I, I gotta spend a lot of time thinking about that and like, what am I going to do this week? But now it's a habit for me and it's really been helpful. But, you know, I think one more thing is make sure your key players that you, you, you know, one thing we did as an exercise as department heads is like, okay, we've got to identify the key players that we cannot lose. Okay. Who are those people? roadmaps to show them like what to talk to them about their growth trajectories within the company and how do we stay close to those people so that we don't lose them and yeah. um I, I so those are some strategies you know i think making sure you know it's interesting a couple months ago i saw somebody and i i knew i could just tell by his demeanor um that he's not going to be here so we have to start thinking about it and i think it's our job as leaders to kind of like predict and be ready for that next move that might be coming and mm. have that bench full so that you have a plan. Look, I'm sure each has unique and everyday challenges. Some are completely different. What is helping you find the right talent and keeping your existing teams in place as well? You know, I think that uh, Becky had some great, great insight into to those questions, Lloyd. And one of the things that separately, recruitment is an area we can continue to grow in. It's always been an issue, in my opinion, that we really haven't, quote unquote, sold our industry particularly well. So I think that we have to start with the big picture in mind, which is uh, we, we do need to continue to work with our education facilities to make sure that it is being considered at the level from high school on up to get to get different minds associated into our industry opportunity so that it might actually be on the radar for someone to consider getting into our business. That's, that's something that fundamentally, I believe, we really need to work on as an industry. Um, and then we do, similar to what Becky does, I mean, we, we build into our schedule as managers weekly time to recruit, which is Everybody in the building actually takes time that they're going to reach out to whatever the, the, the department is. Just reach out and make a contact because that will yield results down the road. Um, and so keeping that bench full is so critical. But those relationships that can, that can form from just reaching out, being kind, um, recognizing an, another success that really with an eye on, boy, this would be a good person to bring into our organization. We try and instill that in the whole operation so that everyone is looking for the next great person in whatever role that might be. Um, on the sales front, one of the things that we found that was helpful, um, we're finding that people who are in the education, 
industry right now are just worn out. And they tend to be patient, smart, thoughtful, uh, dedicated, focused. And so we are finding that particular category of opportunities. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are looking for a different opportunity and and that's a, one specific area that we're seeing a lot of bench building so to speak. It's not happening overnight, but it is a really good area of people that that are coming forward that I think are going to be a good match. Retention is really critical to and I go back to flexibility matters. Um, we had some staff that really did not want to be under the roof working. They just didn't because they did a great job of working with more flexibility. And what really matters is listening to them. I hear you. And this is what we're going to do to adjust the way we do things so that it's going to work for you and your family and for us. And, you know, it makes a ton of difference in retention. It really does when people feel that they're heard in this time um, and when that specific need is heard. Um, And then the culture, you can never work too much on the culture. That's what really the it's it's greater than any individual. It's the thing that you can't necessarily put your finger on, but it is the vibe of your building. Pay attention to that. Make sure that if there's something that's not right there, fix it. Dig in, get people to open up, listen, and fix those kinds of challenges because that's what what has to happen to create that winning culture that's going to supersede and, and be sustaining despite any future headwinds. Well, you're right, Donna. You know, every voice matters, and you've got to pay attention to it. Uh, Great content. Thank you, both of you, for for your thoughts on that. You know, we always like to include a last kind of formal question for these events on our guests. And so this question can can continue to be for both of you. Uh, Donna, I'll start with you. Can you please share, you know, one idea that can help managers generate additional dollars this year. Something that maybe you've seen that's been successful for you. That and and they say there's no new ideas. Maybe it's a twist on something that's been done before. But we're always as managers, I think, looking for for input on how we can take something and generate revenue with it. Uh, so, do you have a suggestion or something? I do. You know, along with the theme of what we've been talking about is really engaging everyone in the building. And specifically, um, we've got a great progress, a great process of lead generation that are self-generated leads from everybody in the building. When you clarify the vision and say, this is where we are and this is where we want to be and here's how you can help. And then you outline, hey, all you really need to do is you shop every day you do business with local businesses every day, you interact with your neighbors and friends and people at church and in organizations. If you can just ask those people if it would be okay if someone from our team contacts them to see if we can help them achieve their goals, that's pretty easy. Everybody knows somebody that's a decision maker. And then we reward them with cash when the business closes and give a ton of recognition. Um, It's worked very, very well. Um, Over time, we've generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in new revenue just by asking our team. And what we ask is, everybody, please provide just one lead a month, just one, just from a conversation. Some people are great at it. Some people have taken it on like it's their second job, and we love that. But that's an idea that no matter where you are, no matter what size market, no matter, it really is beneficial, and it really does achieve the end goal, too, of creating a culture that everybody wins together. 
I'm going to tell you something too. Everybody thinks you've got to have these huge, huge results from like referrals and stuff. No, you don't. You, you, incremental change is powerful and explosive. Becky, what about you? Give us an idea that you might can share with us that can help generate additional dollars in the second half of, year, of the year. Yeah, I love what Donna said about getting the entire bill, you know, the entire team involved, because I think that's so important, like sending leads like that's fantastic. And, you know, something that I do that's pretty simplistic and it's it's in the same vein as that is getting managers and key people in uh, on our teams, in our buildings, out in front of clients. Right. And making it like a challenge, you know, challenging people, making it competitive, giving them a certain number of calls we want them to go on, because what I've learned, and I'm sure Donna can attest to this, when we get more people out with our customers and we truly put them in the middle, that's where the ideas flow, right? That's where the big money and the magic happens. And so challenging everybody to get together, to go on calls. And as a market leader, you can, you know, you can kind of structure it in a lot of different ways. We're doing, for example, mid-year reviews right now. And I put together a Google, just a Google doc of like, these are all the calls that are required for you to go on. Here's the template for the mid-year review. And then I took it a step further and said, here's the managers that I want to attend that call. And it's, re and it's required. And here's why I want them to attend that call, right? And I, I even got an email just a couple minutes ago about somebody who got like an amazing homework assignment from that because a manager that went with her on a meeting brought up something that she didn't even think about. And so we really work better when we're together and not siloed and, you know, just having the AE go on the call, that makes sense. If it makes sense, then we need to send more leaders out on that call. And, and I think getting more FaceTime with customers and, and making it, a, you know, a, a team-wide event um, can be really meaningful and really successful. Becky, I agree with you. You know, I was just talking to somebody this morning who said to me, you know, you were DOS of this big cluster in Dallas. I guess, you know, you weren't out there too much interfacing with with calls and customers. You were, you know, managing all these things at a higher level. I said, heck no, I was out there all the time. I mean, that that point of contact and being in front of customers and and writing, you know, side by side with your team, whether it's managers or sellers. I mean, you've got to be out there. And I think that's that's another great point. And Donna, I know I'm familiar with that lead generation program. I think it's very successful. I think sometimes we have to also understand that things take a little time to get traction, but boy, when they do, as Lloyd mentioned, they really kick in. You know, this program uh, is designed for you if you're just catching on to what we're doing here, either live or listening on demand with the encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Our Q4 event will be coming up on September 29th. Uh, as Lloyd mentioned, this is our third event this year, and uh, the, the content and the guests we've had has just been first class. And as you can see, we like to be armed with on-the-ground sales managers, market managers, and, and other experts to participate in our roundtable. That is all about having those doing the work right now and sharing tips inside advice, ideas to move your revenue ahead. Lots of great content, and uh, we, we all appreciate what we're contributing here and how it can make a difference, hopefully, for someone. You might ask, how do you select these experts? You know, well, frankly, it can start with you. Uh, nominate your pick to be a guest expert by emailing us. You can reach out to me at adrake at drakemediagroup.com, or uh, you can reach out to Lloyd. His email address is ford at raymakerpathway.com.
you know, the encouragers, our entire purpose is to encourage you. Uh, you, you can see this isn't clearly just a client only event. We open it up. We're opening ourselves up to the entire industry. Our goal is to be helpful and encouraging to your career. Every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, we present a live event on Clubhouse called the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and it's all about radio. Ultimately, this event and all of our events result in an episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and that is available, including our large archive on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Alec, do you have a final, any final questions for our roundtable? Yeah, I I do, Lloyd. Uh, I'm going to ask our guests to, you know, kind of look in their they're crystal, future crystal balls, and, and it's it's difficult. We've seen, we talked about change earlier. We talked about managing change, and, and I think we can all agree that there's been things that have popped up that nobody could anticipate. But as a leader, as a manager, you know, you've always got to have your eye on the horizon. You've got to be thinking about what's out there in front of us, uh, even though you can't predict the future. But we like to look at what's happening and, and of course, sharing ideas and, and just what we're doing today is helpful in that regard. So I'm going to ask, what does you know your perspective suggest the second half of the year will look like in your market? Becky, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think you know we had a really we had a really strong Q1 double digit growth and it's starting to level out a little bit, you know, but I do think I do feel positive about the top line activity that we have right now as far as clients that are engaged, you know, presentations that we're putting out there, uh, different things that we're doing, you know, I think play by play and the lockout. Um, you know, we have the Cardinals in St. Louis that kind of slowed us down a little bit, but now we have a huge opportunity, um, since the, the team's playing well with playoffs. And so that's something we're looking at right now. I actually feel very, very good about it because I feel confident in the things that we're putting out there. And like I said before, trying to make ourselves just recession proof or proof of any kind of downturns that we're experiencing in the economy by controlling our own destiny. And and that's what I have our team focused on. And if we continue to execute and do the right things to make sure we're bringing in that business that is controllable, direct, digital ideation business. I feel great. I feel great about it. I'm looking to Q4 and, you know, Q3 has been a little softer, but Q4 is looking really, really solid at this point. So that's um, that's my outlook. Well, as you as you point out, you know, we must manage what we can manage. Uh, Donna, what are your thoughts on the second half of the year? Uh, I agree with Becky that it's going to be a really robust back half of the year. And what I what I base that on is the conversations we've had um, over the past year and the skill set of our team that has led to different types of clients being in the pipeline that may not be active yet, but we're moving further down the road. Um, in very meaningful ways because we continue to get better. We continue to get better at solving our clients' needs. So I, I really believe that we're in a much better position than we were ever than we ever have been really um, to be able to have our our, our top. Um, I also believe that you know there is always opportunity, and if there is a potential recession. You know, we're focusing on, well, here's some recession-proof industries or here's some businesses that do really well if they 
escalate their marketing in a recession, um, such as financial planning um, and why. And we, we're really continuing the education process so that we're really trying to make sure that we can customize our sellers' plans for their own success and the overall team's success and what that focus looks like. Um, but I think that, you know, the marketplace here is up 10% and we're beating that handily. Um, and I think that that from the look of pacing for the next couple of quarters, we're in great position. Um, we've got the draft coming to Kansas City next year. We've got the World Cup that's going to be coming to Kansas City. So as a marketplace, we've got great stories to tell about what's exciting um, in the Kansas City market overall. So I think that it's, it's a really good time to be very, very bullish on the future. And we're going to wrap up this year strong. I'm going to say this to everybody right now, too. Uh, look, when there's a, an economy issue of some kind or you put anything else you want to it, for local business owners, there's always two choices. Stay in business, get out. If they stay in business, what do they got to have? New customers, they got to have their customers returning more often. That is a problem that they must solve. We are in the business of helping them solve that problem. Alec, I have one more bonus topic. We promised this at the beginning, and I'm going to do it. It's a question for you. You recently wrote in Radio Inc. about the seven steps to plug your sales drain uh, what we can do as managers to slow down attrition. Can you talk to us about that? Uh, yeah, Lloyd, thanks. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about retaining sales teams and, and identifying, as, as Becky, I think, mentioned, keeping key people in place. And our customers certainly are key to our, our business success. So sometimes, you know, we don't have a sales problem. Maybe we have also an attrition problem that's holding back our revenue results. And, you know, you think the cost of customer acquisition should already motivate a hyper focus on renewals, but renewals are not always uh, getting some of the attention they should get because there's there's an emphasis on new business and, I, and we all understand that. But the business we have has to also be protected. So I, I wrote recently for Radio Inc. on kind of seven steps in a relative sequence to the customer journey. You know, their their priority could be moved around a little bit based on what you might want to emphasize. but there's different things that contribute, I think, to to lowering attrition. And number one would be managing expectations. A lot of a lot of times, disappointment is the first crack in any business relationship. And you know, the reluctance to address anything up front that can be a concern later is really kind of short sighted. And uh, we've got to think about those honest conversations and being very clear and managing those expectations on fr up front because. The onboard process really is the most critical stage of that new relationship and really sets the tone for all that follows. Secondly, understand needs. Now, that sounds like that might be obvious, but in a selling situation, sometimes we have to remind everybody it's not about you. Uh, you know, always work your way back from the customer to your value propositions. Uh, you know, if you sold them instead of helping them buy, Maybe that relationship's already kind of on sand and it's just a matter of time before erosion kicks in. So at the start of the sale, you know, understand you've got that one discovery call, but that can get stale very quickly in a fast changing business uh, climate. Plan for temperature checks every 30 days at a minimum as you're going along. Uh, and don't assume that what you discovered in the beginning is going to continue to hold true. Number three, get a suitable investment. Um, there's been times, and I think we've all seen this, you know, an underfunded strategy will always be doomed. So 
as tempting as it may be to take that first order, especially if it's a brand new client, you know, to reach a quota or win a sales contest, don't do it as a salesperson. The long game seller, you know, does not want to go through churn in the market until their reputation suffers. They they want that long-term business. We all do. So, you know, find that new client's affordable, sustainable solution with the best possible potential for ROI. And then let's provide really robust solutions. You know, we've got a complex toolkit today of marketing solutions, and you can usually find a combination that gets bought if you have a committed prospect. But matching the solution to a budget is not what I would call robust. Take the time to build the value for the offerings that you have so that they match the current needs and then provide future growth for business. That's that's a wise choice. And number five, you know, leverage your assets. One of the things I always loved about this business, and I think it's still true today, be creative. You know, it's really a part of the radio business uh, and you should love it if you're in this business. That creative aspect of promotions and things you can do and how you can work with your teams and talent. You know, you're uniquely positioned to build programs, to engage your support teams, to add a, a twist to intertwine the client with the stations. You know, I always talked about find a way to weave your client into the fabric of the station. You know, and this isn't about giving things away. This is about being smart and how we take advantage of our our value. Six, be accountable. You know, excuses are not necessary if you pay attention. And um, if there is a problem, own it, uh, fix it. You know, we all rely on others to get our job done in sales. There's there's a lot of people that help us be successful. But boy, stay in close contact with your team, set reminders to be proactive on deadlines and deliverables, and importantly, leave room to mitigate so that if an issue does come up internally, you can have a chance to do something with it before it becomes a client problem. And then last, full service. You know, the the adage is service after the sale, and it's still very, very true. Expand your value with all the available touch points to deepen that relationship. You know, you can extend past the initial client investment many in many cases by following these first kind of six steps I've outlined, but clients will see the value in you. They'll learn to trust you as you build that relationship, and you can always grow that uh, investment and that Alec, I definitely want to thank you for helping put this event together and sharing your expertise with us always. I uh, Look, I get excited about doing these quarterly events with you because of what's available to us in the sales arena and look forward to our Q4 event, which is already slated for September 29th, 2022. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available in the next hour or so. This episode. Uh, thank you also to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Yeah, and I want to, Lloyd, jump in and just say thank you to our exceptional, gracious gracious guests, Becky Domyan and uh, Market Manager with Odyssey in St. Louis, and of course, Donna Baker, Regional VP with Cumulus Media based in Kansas City. Thank you for being our frontline sales experts. And that certainly was proven today and partners for this Q3 event. Lloyd, as uh, you mentioned, we've already planned September 29th and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and this event today is only going to create more, me- more momentum for 
what we can accomplish going forward. We're in the process of securing guests for our next roundtable. So if you have suggestions or you'd like to participate in a future event, please reach out to Lloyd at rainman.com or you can reach out to me at alecdrake.com. All right. And of course, if you're engaged in selling NASCAR or sports, you might want to be aware that we have an upcoming bonus sales event with uh, Motor Racing Network Radio. It is called the NASCAR Race to Revenues in 2023. That event is planned for September 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, live on the Clubhouse app. And of course, you can listen on demand the next day. Uh, free on September 15th on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, and Spotify. Our host and guest for that event will be Bob Quick, who is with uh, MRN. Uh, I will be there uh, co-hosting along with Alec Drake from Drake Media Group in Dallas and Ed Knight, who is an affiliate with WECO Radio. We're going to talk about how you raise sports revenue. Please remember this if you don't remember any Anything else you've heard tonight, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of our quarterly sales exclusive event. Please share it with others. The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. And of course, until next time, good night. <laughs>